So yesterday I went to Trader Joe's and I had to take my children with me, which I've been really trying not to take them anywhere if I can avoid it because of the pandemic. I mean, it's worse than it was a year ago. Like 2000 people are dying a day. Um, so they're really good about wearing their masks. All kids are good about wearing their masks. It's only adults. Yeah. Listen, my three-year-old asks to wear her mask. At home. <laughs> I'm like, you, you really want to wear your mask? She's like, yeah, I want my mask. The 19 month old is also very good about it. Like he will start to take it off, but if I put it back on, he's good. Anyway, so I'm in Trader Joe's and you know how like old men are just real creepy with little girls? Like this, Joe Biden? Yes, like that. This old guy, now I had given, I had picked up, they're selling pumpkins. So I'd picked up two tiny pumpkins to give to them to hold. And they were very like excited about it. And this old white guy sees my three-year-old who's walking because the 19 month old is in the cart stops he's not wearing a mask stops bends over and says to her um he says oh that's such a cute little pumpkin can I have it little girl and I just without even thinking I just immediately was like get the fuck away from her (laughs) you don't have Yes, he didn't have a mask on. And I was like, what are you doing? And I didn't even wait for him to, to see what he responded. I grabbed her and I like, sh- like rushed away. I was, and my entire Trader Joe's experience after that yesterday was just like completely ruined because I was so fucking mad. It's already creepy for a strange old man to talk to a little girl. And then in a pandemic to bend over maskless and get in her face. Like, Knowing that what? children are not vaccinated? Yes, what is wrong with you? So you know what? I wouldn't have seen that because I just let my children run roughshod around Trader Joe's. Well, you know, one day I will when they're a little bit older. <laughs> but right I don't know if you now- know this. Like most Trader Joe's have like a stuffed animal that they hide. Do you know about this? I did not know about that. There's a hidden stuffed animal. And if the kids find it, they get a free lollipop. Wow, at, I didn't our- know about this. Yeah, at my Trader Joe's, it's an elephant named Tuscanini. Okay. So we go in. I'm like, you niggas, just go find Tuscanini. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Have and they ever found peace. it? Have they, they ever found it all the time? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's nice. I don't think I could even explain that concept to either of my kids yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was, I was real pissed off yesterday about that. I was just like, what, what is? And you know, I would say 99% of the people at the Trader Joe's were wearing masks, except this old white guy. And that's the one, the one, the one that's carrying it. Oh, oh, white guy. If you're listening, come on the show and let us give you. Yeah. Give you a verbal fucking beat down. Welcome back to the press, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We missed you. Yeah, we missed you. Did you miss us? Look at us doing a pod every week and a half. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to try something a little new format wise. Um, I am working on a pretty big project. Um, and so to keep myself from <laughs> becoming distracted, 
I've taken Twitter off my phone, um, which helps. I mean, I can still access it on my computer, but you know, and on the browser, but it's like, it's not fun. You know? Yeah. You know, my, my wife did something similar where she took Facebook off her phone because she's involved in like a lot of groups on Facebook. She's probably queuing on for all I know, but, <laughs> but she's like, I'm just going to take Facebook off my phone. And then she like uses it through mobile web. But like, what's the point of that shit? Yeah. See, like if I really feel the need, I will go on mobile web, but it's so clunky that it, I get annoyed and I get off of it. So anyways, even though I'm not using my phone when I'm working on my project, um, the other times that I'm not working on it, I should be just like letting my mind wander and think about it. And if I have my phone and I have Twitter, I will not do that. I did not take Reddit off my phone. Um, so I am seeing a little bit of the news, but my Reddit feed, that's my home feed is not really political stuff. So, yeah, so I, mean, I get it. I don't get any politics on Reddit. Well, I get local. My Reddit is hyper local. I'm yeah. basically yelling at my neighbors. Oh, I know. You've sent me your links of you yelling yeah. at your neighbors. Your neighbors are oof, rad libs. Um, so, yeah. So the, the new format is Jason is going to be picking the stories and he's going to be telling them to me and I'm going to react. And of course, I do have some knowledge that I'll be able to contribute, but it's mostly Jason is going to try to tell me stuff, which means he has to prepare yeah, not exactly my strong suit, but let's see how this goes. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, so for our first word, we're going to dive right in. This seemed like a no-brainer. We have to talk about the situation at the border in Del Rio, Texas. Mm -hmm. Now, I did see a little bit on Reddit, so I have a little bit of knowledge of it. So for those of you who may not know, there's approximately 10,000 refugees waiting under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas to be process to have their applications for asylum processed wow. most of these immigrants are haitian wow yeah as, as it turns out um uh, hundreds of thousands of haitian refugees have been living in south and central america for the last five or so years i did not know that yeah apparently uh starting in 2014 brazil started giving haitians work visas to do work in preparation for the world cup and then for the 2016 Olympics, mm -hmm. uh, a few other countries in South America have allowed Haitian refugees in, uh, most notably Chile. Between uh, 2017 and 2018, the uh, Haitian population in Chile jumped from about 65,000 to 150,000. Wow. Just More in the span doubled. of a year. Wow. But the Chileans, unlike the Brazilians, did not give these Haitians work visas. They allowed them in that so you can come, but you can't work. What the hell kind of sense does that make? Like yeah, no. truly what you're just inviting people in to just hang out. Yeah. So you can be mad at them. I just what I don't understand that. Why would did they give a reason? Not none that I have been aware of. OK. Yeah, it makes sense. So you just want to bring some people in so you can scapegoat them. Be mad right. about this. Yeah. Yes. Fucking Haitians laying around doing nothing like let them get jobs right so um recently they've been starting to make their way up through mexico that's such a trek man by foot i'm sure yeah i'm sure of it through mexico into haiti and now they're trying to request asylum mm -hmm. there's ten thousand of them under a bridge not being allowed to re request asylum uh 
because of something known as Title 42. Right. Title 42 is a policy en- enacted by the Trump administration mm-hmm. that would allow for the swift deportation of people requesting asylum without granting their asylum request, without, without even letting them request asylum because of the pandemic. I know. I actually read that. I did see this, that Joe Biden has denied more people than Trump did because of using Title 42. I did not see that. And that may be one of those things that's true, but only because of expectations. Mm -hmm. As in fewer people came during the Trump administration because they knew they wouldn't have a chance. Right. But, but I will say that the Biden administration is actively fighting in court to preserve Title 42 after a federal judge said that, "Mm, by my reading, this says we can stop people from coming in. It doesn't say we can expel them. And the Biden administration is fighting in court for the continued right to expel people. Harm reduction, everyone. We, this is what he's, he was elected for. Now, on one hand, when Title 42 was enacted, was actually March 2020. Mm-hmm. So there was an extreme shortage of COVID tests. You couldn't get tested if you had uh, symptoms. You basically had to have exposure of a known case to get tested. That, like, that's how bad things were in March. Uh, healthcare workers weren't getting tested right. in March. So there were no tests. There was no vaccine. So you can kind of excuse the creation of this law. Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't know what this is. It's the fucking zombie apocalypse. Right. Just don't let anyone in. It's not safe. There are rapid tests everywhere now. We have vaccines sitting on the shelves. Everyone sitting under that bridge can be tested. Everyone sitting under that bridge can be vaccinated. They just don't want to do it. They don't even test and vaccinate. Like, (laughs) this country, though, Jason, is sitting on all the vaccines, not sharing them with the world, and half the population is refusing to get the vaccine. In all fairness, just this morning the Biden administration announced that it was doubling the amount of vaccines it was sharing with the rest of the world. Still hoarding them, but we are, I think they've come to realize that it is a global issue. And if people aren't going to take them, why sit on them? How, how are they just now realizing that? We realized well, they, that, I mean, they, they knew. They knew it was a global issue, but they thought that they were hoarding them for us to use. And they, they didn't anticipate people refusing the vaccines the way they are. That's so bad. It's like more people have died of COVID since the vaccine. It's, you know, I don't, have you seen that Reddit sub, that subreddit called um, Herman Cain Award? No. (laughs) It's, it's pretty dark. Basically it's people, they screenshot people from their own Facebook who are anti-vaxxers and it's anywhere from like seven to like, 10 screenshots and it's like you know the screenshots start off and they're you know super anti-vax you know all the things the memes the like distrust of the government which i get that but the distrust like everything and then eventually it progresses to they've got covid and and then you get an award on the sub if they die pretty dark you know i as much as i'm angry at anti-vaxxers i can't really get into the schadenfreude i don't know that 
I don't know that that's what it is, though. I mean, granted, if these people are public figures and media figures, then fuck them. Like, I, I will grave dance. But mm-hmm. just like some rando who is who's an idiot and doesn't get vaccinated and dies and posts on it about Facebook. I'm not, I'm not going to dance on their graves. I get that. And I don't think the thrust of the majority of it is dancing on graves. It's just a little bit of documenting this is what's going on. Um, I do know, obviously there are people on the sub who are um, doing dancing on the graves, but I think mostly it just comes from a place of anger. The people on that sub. To be clear, I am not above grave dancing. Oh no, of course not. Let's no, but you have to be ac- actually heinous and have done harm to others. I mean, right. Well, I mean, how many there? <laughs> How many people have done harm to the people in their family? I just read one where it was like the, it was a am I the asshole? And it was one where the, uh, the wife was really pissed because the husband would not get um, the vaccine and they have a two-year-old and she has an autoimmune disease. That's harm to yeah. other people, to your own family. I, I agree. All right, so I, I just like to reserve the grave dancing for people like um, Antonin Scalia, absolutely, R- or, Ronald Reagan, yes, or um, when when uh, Kissinger, Kissinger, when, Kissinger, when yeah. Kissinger dies, ooh, can't wait to grave dance on his grave. That's gonna be a fun day. That you should put Twitter back on your phone when he dies. I'll text you. I will. I will. If that happens, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Start writing them jokes now, guys. You have them ready. The obit jokes. All right, back to the story. Back to the story. So this has been going on for a few days, but it became particularly heinous a day or two ago when photos and videos surfaced Mm -hmm. of um, Border Patrol agents on horseback whipping Haitians. Yes, and I did actually, because you said we were going to talk about this, I did watch that video and I saw it on Reddit and there were quite a few comments that were like, um, those are the horse reins. And it's like, Okay, they're being used it as whips. What the hell? Yeah, I mean that's so apparently, yeah, that's one nitpicky point that people on the right have been making that the border patrol agents were not issued whips, do not have whips, and in fact, they ride western style, which means they have long split split reins. The reins mm-hmm. are not attached to each other, mm-hmm. but it's a leather strap that can be wielded as a weapon. Sometimes with Western style riding, they use it on the horses. It's a fucking whip regardless of it's like, hello, it's a, it's a verb whip. Yeah. I was like, anyone who is making that particular pedantic point that it's a split rein needs their ass split reined. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Ah, let's put them in that situation. I mean, it's, Good to see America playing the hits. I mean, I'm, it's been a long time since we've seen public whippings on horseback. Right, right. I mean, this is uh, going back to our roots. It's, it's pure slave overseer shit, and they have to understand the optics. These things don't happen by accident. No, they don't. And and I, I have not seen this in any case when the refugees coming in were not of African descent. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I have never seen the Central Americans or Mexicans being whipped, but all of a sudden they bring that tactic back out for the Haitians. It's not an accident. It's not, and it's really gross. And it's, um, oh man, everything always goes back to white supremacy. 
interestingly enough, most of the, uh, the Border Patrol agents who could be identified in the photos appear to be um, Latino. Right. Latinx. Are they, are they because- white Latinos? Because is it, is it on the census there's a difference? There's like Latino and then there's like white Latino? Well, see, it, it's, it's tricky. It's actually very complicated because, yes, there are actual white Latinos, as in there are people in Latin American countries of almost exclusively European descent. Yes, I used yeah. to be friends with one. Yeah, like they're not Latinos. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a very common thing. But there are also people who just are allowed to self-identify as white on the mm-hmm. census, and a lot of Latinos do. Apparently on the 2020 census, that number dropped to an all-time low, but there is still a good number of Latinos, specifically border area Mexicans, who do not identify as Mexican. They're Mexican-Americans, mm-hmm. and, and therefore they don't necessarily identify with immigrant causes. They are not immigrants, you know, third, fourth generation Americans. Right. I mean, shit, some of them are in the places where their families have been for centuries. The border just moved. Right. Um, and that's, I think, one of the like insidious things about the census and white supremacy and this country in general is because, um, I mean, I know for myself and for my own family, we have to put that we're white. We don't get an option. Um, and my dad is not white. <laughs> my sister is not white. And I think it's a way to absorb immigrants into the white population so that they can then again, then identify with the whites, thus perpetuating white supremacy. Well, you know, I read an article once about the history of um Middle Easterners, Middle Easterners and North Africans being categorized as white by the U.S. Census. Mm-hmm. And if I remember this correctly, a Lebanese man was barred from doing something as non-white. I don't know if it was like maybe a racial covenant owning property. Mm-hmm. And he took it to court. And the argument that he was white was based on Jesus. He's like, oh, if but I Jesus- am not white. Yeah, wasn't white. Right. But his argument was if I'm non white, then Jesus is non white. And the judge was like, oh, shit. I'm, I'm not going to rule <laughs> on this. Oh, my God. But I think, I do think that it is true that that's what they do. Because if you look at like the Irish and the Italians, et cetera, they come here and they're viewed by whites as not being white, even though they clearly are white skinned. And then they are absorbed into the white populace by identifying as white. Oh, no. Whiteness historically in America has been malleable. Yeah. I mean, it's a social construct to begin with. So we can just change the rules. But yeah, as you said before, um, Italians, Greeks, a lot of Slavic people were not necessarily considered white in America 150 years ago. Right. Um, And I know, I think there was a push for this latest census by Arabs to get their own category. And the Trump administration said, nope. I also think that this is probably, I think I read somewhere, ties into, um, you know, spending and what communities get for a certain thing if they have a certain population. You know how on like when you apply for jobs, sometimes they'll just be like, not that we care or anything, but are you black? 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't have to tell us. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out anyway. Yes, right? Yeah, so um, I, I always, always check Black because just on the off chance that somebody has really got, got a quota, not that I believe it, but if there's going to be a quota, let me benefit from this. <laughs> because when I show up, I'm going to show up Black. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to make it past one interview without you knowing that shit. That's funny. Yeah, I, of course not. Uh, I always just check other, I say, I prefer not to specify. I think my last name gives it away that I'm not straight up white. It, we have digressed quite a bit. But wow, yeah. we did. So now the government of Mexico is actually blocking access to um, Acuna, which is the city on the other side of the border of the Rio Grande from Del Rio, to stop Haitians from coming into there. So what I saw is that the Haitians were leaving the camp on the side of Mexico to go to the United States to get food because they didn't have food in their camp and people were hungry and they were going back to Mexico. Uh, some of them are, but Mexico now only accepts migrants from um, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Not from the United States, technically, yeah, is probably or, what they're saying. Or from Haiti. Let me tell you, that is quite a trek to go from Haiti into Mexico. Well, I mean, these people are, are coming up from Chile and Brazil, but still, it's a long... That's still quite a trek. <laughs> um, so and what are they just stuck? Well, no, they're not stuck. They're being sent back. We've already put 300 on planes and sent them back to Haiti. Mind you, some of these people did not come from Haiti. They do not have a home in Haiti because they were previously living in Brazil, previously living in Venezuela, previously living in Chile. We're just throwing them on planes and be like, you speak Creole. Oh, my God. And already Haiti is kind of in turmoil right now from the president being killed. And the earthquake. And the earthquake, yes. I mean, and I, this country, the West stealing all of its wealth. I was just going to say, this, years. This, this country has done so much imperialism to them. Oh, man, let me tell you a story. Okay. So um, I was walking home last Saturday from playing basketball. Mm -hmm. And I ran into this cop yeah. that I somewhat know. I know this cop because this cop works outside of my kid's school as a crossing guard when we were playing um indoor pickup basketball mm -hmm. he would be the one to unlock the door and let us into the gym so like i would see this guy mm -hmm. say hi recognize me in the street he stopped me and starts talking and is telling me that um that he wants to retire he's making small talk um, he wants to retire next year and move back to the dominican republic um, because he's dominican but he's like but i can't because the haitians are just running around robbing everybody and like, oh man, you can't not be a cop for five fucking minutes. Right? How how did you have to Yeah, no, it's so, in their it's in their bones. Yeah, so I was like that's why they're cops. Yeah, I so, said, you know, I haven't heard anything about this. I don't know what the situation on the ground is in the Dominican Republic, but I know if I went somewhere and I was effectively shut out of the economic system, I'd do whatever it takes to feed my kids. And what did he say to that? He was like, Well, it's pretty bad down there. But they never they never have a good retort. No, it's like, oh, God. So, and of course, this man, black, because most Dominicans are. Yes. But anti blackness is a. Uh, it's ingrained. Yeah. It's ingrained. I don't know how it gets fixed. 
I, I may I maybe the liberation of black people everywhere. That's really how it gets fixed. Somebody's been reading Fanny. Ah, just reading a little theory. Moving along, but in keeping with the theme of uh, the Biden administration. Sucks. Being, yeah, being basically <laughs> Trump administration light. Not even light, dude. Not even light. Not even. Uh, it's light in that the Biden administration is just following what was laid forth. They're not actively trying to make things worse as Trump was. But yeah, it's it's the same shit. I don't know if that's true. I think the main difference is Biden doesn't tweet and he doesn't say the quiet part out loud and he's not, quote, mean, unquote. That's really the difference. Well, let's talk about another thing stopping progress right now. Just the other day, Senate, Senate parliamentarian Elizabeth McDonough ruled that we could not, we meaning the U.S. government or the Senate, could not include any immigration reforms in the budget reconciliation. Specifically, it was a path to citizenship for DACA recipients. That's what the Democrats do. They go, they go, ah, procedure. We got to it's not us. We want to do it, guys. We want to do the right thing, but we can't. We can't. See, this is the thing I think people that I needed to get rid of a couple years ago in my head was the Democrats are not well-intentioned, but bumbling and being blocked. You have to let go of them being well-intentioned. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. It's, it's harder and harder to argue with things like this. So the way it works is that certain things in Congress are essentially um, exempt from the 60 votes uh, requirement. The things that are exempt from 60 votes are congressional confirmations, mm-hmm. you know, judges, that sort of thing. You can do that with, um, with a simple majority and also budget reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You can do with a simple majority. So what the Democrats have been trying to do, ostensibly trying to do, is putting things that they would like to pass in the budget, passing through reconciliation so the Republicans can't block it because there's no path to 60 votes for anything. Right. And here's where I go. It's not that they're well-intentioned and just can't get it done. It's it's all a farce because what would the Republicans do? They First of all, we wouldn't even hear about the parliamentarian. Second of all, they'd go, we're doing it. Deal with it. We're doing what we want to do. And they'd say, let the pieces fall where they may i.e if it's going to get challenged in court fine we'll deal with that if that's going to happen but that democrats don't do that right so the, this same senate parliamentarian was the one who nixed the push to add the minimum wage increase to the um 1.9 trillion dollar COVID relief package the, the american rescue plan she right. stopped us said you can't put that in there right and did we really get any pushback from anybody in the leadership of the democratic party no And to be clear, the Senate parliamentarian does not exist in the Constitution. So it's a made up thing, just like everything. Yeah, it's a position that was created in 1935. The Senate parliamentarian is technically, technically an aide to the Senate majority leader. She works for Chuck Schumer. Okay, so she works for him and what? He has zero influence on her? And 
She has no binding powers. She can literally only make recommendations. She can say whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> and they so can it, go, fuck off, bitch. Yeah, they can absolutely overrule it. It's completely and totally legal and constitutional because the parliamentarian has no real power. So, so Jason, are you coming around yet to, to, to the, where I've been for a while, which is the Democrats don't care. Even the status quo, which you say they're fine maintaining, they don't, they, they are willing to let the status quo go backwards. They don't care because they are all indebted to their corporate masters and the ruling elite. They don't care. I think. And I've said this before, the problem with the Democrats is that they are a broad coalition of everyone who is not the Republicans. There is no central vision. They, they're basically, they're people who should not be in the same party. Right. And no other country would Mansion and um, Cory Bush be in the same party. It just would not happen. Speaking of Mansion, I just saw a headline. I didn't read it because I'm still trying not to do things, but I saw a headline with, that was said that Manchin's daughter or son, I can't remember, has ties to the oil industry. Is it the, or the coal mining industry? It's some industry that is fighting climate change uh, laws. I have not read that. I know Manchin's daughter has been uh, price gouging EpiPens. Oh, gross. Yeah. It's it's real good stuff. Okay, can we talk about EpiPens for so, for a second? Sure. Just off, off on a tangent. Sure. Like, you I'm going to stop you. Yeah. So I was t- talking about the conversation I had on my way back from playing basketball, but I didn't uh-huh. think it happened on my way to playing basketball. Okay. On my way to the basketball court, I was stung by a bee. Oh, ouch! Like a big one. It was a bee. I mean, you know, like where I grew up, there's like things called like little sweat bees that they were like really tiny little bees that would just like sting you, but it wasn't that bad. It was an Africanized killer bee. Oh, okay. Of course. It was like, oh, oh, this shit hurts. And then yeah. like after like a couple of minutes, I realized that it wasn't that bad. I just walked it off. Uh-huh. I went and played basketball for two hours. Okay. Which, which means that like, if you get stung by a bee and you need an EpiPen, that's just weakness on your part. <laughs> Walk that shit off. <laughs> such a you're such a dick <laughs> it's called when, allergic reaction when i get stung the bee dies not the other way around i mean when anybody gets stung the bee dies that's what they do they're little uh they're little suicide bombers so you know what they can raise the price on all the epipens they want just don't buy that shit you don't need it walk it off you're gonna be saying that when one of your kids gets stung <laughs> you think i refill my kids epipen scripts nope <laughs> do they have them yeah, the girl is, finger quotes, allergic to peanuts or whatever that means. I mean, did she get like an allergy test? Yeah, she's been tested, but I mean, who can trust that shit? Um, I don't know. It's science. My son had it. They just and, prick your back with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you know what? If I were to prick your back with a bunch of shit, it would itch. It probably would. But I also have sensitive skin. So yeah, my back itches right now just talking about it. <laughs> gonna scratch my back yeah so don't fill your epipen scripts okay that's that's the message you should take away from this podcast what it what a tangent (laughs) (laughs) what the hell so where are we then they're just cut you know they're just cutting out what um so it does we don't know whether or not they're going to remove that now what mcdonough said 
is that um, the Democrats were asked to provide to provide proof of how this would impact the budget. And she ruled that whatever proof they provided was insufficient and it was just not germane. To be truthful, it isn't. It really has nothing to do with the budget, but that's how politics get done in this country. Like most of the bills have pork and rioters that have nothing to do with it because that's the sort of horse trading that gets done politically. Right. I don't know why she would choose this time Mm -hmm. and this particular thing. This is one of the problems with the Democrats. I don't know that the Republicans really do this, but the Democrats tend to give one person too much power, like Sinema, Manchin, Mm -hmm. this parliamentarian. I don't really see the Republicans doing that because what they do is they just go get the fucking line and then they do. What's interesting is McDonough was also parliamentarian and she's been parliamentarian since like 2012, but she was parliamentarian. Actually, I don't know when she became parliamentarian, but I know she was parliamentarian in 2012. Okay. And she ruled again and again that the Republicans could not torpedo Obamacare. They couldn't get rid of the individual mandate. And they just did it anyways, didn't they? They kept trying and trying and trying. This is my point. This no, is- they, they, they actually didn't, but they, they found the way. What they did was, knowing they couldn't get rid of the individual mandate, they just reduced the fine to zero. That was the closest they could do. So right. she has in the past been pretty ardent in holding the line for the Democrats which gives credence to your theory. Right. Which that is the, that the Democrats don't want this. Although I find it, I mean, it's DACA. It's not something that's going to cost a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And it's something that would yield more democratic voters. I do believe that the party wants DACA, uh, wants a path to citizenship for the dreamers. What, what, how many 10 years has it been? Have we been talking about DACA and those, the people that are recipients of it? 10 since Obama? Yeah. I mean, I just it's just like so many things. I well, this I, is the first time they've had had essentially both houses of Congress. And this is the like this is the time they pushed it. Yeah. And then they just give in. I just don't think we should look at them as some sort of spineless, though they are spineless. I shouldn't I just don't think we should view them as that is the reason they fail is because they are spineless. They fail because they don't care and they don't want to do anything to change anything. Well, I think they fail because they are not one voice. They're that too. That's pretty much it. It's it's a very loose coalition of people who don't have the same beliefs and values. And all it takes is a handful. Yeah. I just I'm at a point where I'm fed up with electoral politics. Like, uh, you know, the the election for my governor is coming and it's Terry McAuliffe is the Democratic and like nominee. And I'm just like, am I even going to vote? I mean, probably I will. But like, what really is the point? Like the Democrats have given more money to cops. The thing I am one of the most adamantly against is giving money to cops. And you're giving them more money. Like, come on. I understand the argument against electoralism, and most of them are good. As a matter of fact, there's really only one argument for electoralism from a progressive standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's it's judges. I know, but I don't know that. I know you and I talked about this on text, but I don't know that. I don't know that the judges that they're. I don't know enough that the that they're nominating 
are progressive. They're they're neoliberals. I, absolutely, they're probably neoliberals that they're they're uh, nominating. The problem is the other guys are nominating fascists. I mean, it's but neoliberalism leads to fascism. So and you know, neolibs at least kind of care about the environment. Might care about public health. Definitely care about reproductive rights. Sure. It, I don't think they care about the climate. I I am not convinced even a little bit that they care about the climate. I think they use identity politics um, to separate people and not, they don't use identity politics the way they should be used. Um, and reproductive rights, yeah, sure, they care about it, but not enough that they've been doing anything about it for the last 10 years, which the Republicans have been doing as much as they can I mean, from the from the bench, from, from the bench, I would say that liberal judges have been doing everything they can from the bench to protect it. Now, grassroots efforts. Yeah, that's where the Republicans have been winning. And yes, I I, I don't think you can abandon the bench. I, that, that's the one thing. If you want to argue that Democrats in office don't make things better, I'm here for that. I have not seen evidence of them making things better. I, I guess I just I need to do a little bit more reading up on the kind of judges they're nominating and who, what their records are and um, and well, all you ha- all you have to do is read up that the other people are nominating thirty five year olds who've never tried a case and their only qualification is the fascists and, and people sit on the bench for life. I know I don't disagree with that. I mean I, I don't know I just none of them are doing the things that I want, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pissed off. They're just hurting people. Any assholes of the week? Well, I mean, this is a basketball podcast, right? It absolutely. And yeah, I'm sure you're didn't basketball. What did it just start? Is it about to end? I don't know. Well, no, it's the off season, which is actually the most fun part of the season. Oh, okay. Because you get to speculate about things that aren't happening. Okay. The city of Philadelphia. You're the asshole of the week. Leave Ooh. Ben Simmons alone. Why? What did Ben Simmons do? And also, who is Ben Simmons? <laughs> ben Simmons is a. Uh... I would say point guard, but he was definitely played out of place as point guard on the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. He's a supremely talented basketball player. There might be six guys on earth who can do what he do, do, mm-hmm. do what he does. Mm-hmm. And the city of Philadelphia hates him. And his coach said that um, we can't win a championship with that guy. And then Simmons said, I'm not coming back to play for you guys. And now they're like, oh, no, we hate you for not coming back to play for us after we talked about how much we hated you because you're terrible. So, you know what? I I don't know much about sports. Like, I understand how they're played and all that crap, but I don't know much about, like, you know, sports. But one thing I do know is Phillies fans are jerks. I know that much. Yeah, I don't understand it because I have never, ever met a person from Philadelphia who I don't like. But when sports are involved, they become horrible. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're awful. I've I've watched videos of their fans at games and rioting in the streets. They're I mean, I enjoy terrible. rioting in the streets. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Destroy like, some capital, guys. They boot Santa Claus. Ooh, okay. I mean like Santa Claus, the the one good white man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Philly fans, boo on you. Again. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for joining us. Going forward, uh, this will be our new format for a while, the foreseeable future. Did you? How did you feel about it? Did you like it? 
I thought it was pretty good. I was somewhat prepared. Yeah. Okay. You think you can keep this up? I had some facts and dates. Yes, you did. You're like, don't. I won't be able to see it because I'm looking at my notes. Never heard you say that before. No, I freestyle this shit straight <laughs> off the top. I know, I know. Bars every uh, week. Bars. <laughs> I know, I know. I used to do notes, and then I was like, this is too much fucking work. Um. All right. So I guess uh, we'll try again next week. See you then. Later. <laughs>